Hello, hello. My name is Okara Imani. I'm just happy to be here today. Episode 10. We are getting into the divine feminine. I have with me today two very special guests, and I'm not going to tell you who they are just yet. We're going to get into it. Okay, here we are. So I have the venerable, the magnanimous. <laughs> The eloquent <laughs> Chantel, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> yes. Um, hello, everybody listening. My name is Chantel Massey. I am a poet, author, and teaching artist from Indianapolis. And I am glad to be here and to be a part of this experience of a conversation. Yes. I think you're in for an experience, and I am excited. Like, Really excited. Titillating. <laughs> and there is a uh, third angle to this triangle. My bestest friend, <laughs> Bethany Wells. Bethany, would you give yourself an introduction? Well, I also live in the Indianapolis area, and as you already covered, are, uh, you are one of my friends. <laughs> but I am a visual um, and vocal artist here in the area, and am on my journey of discovery not only with the sacred feminine, but with art history. So this is yes. wonderful for me to be able to participate with you guys. Delightful. Delightful. So today, ladies, and we did, I'm sorry if you don't catch all the gems, we did talk a little bit before this started, <laughs> but the Divine Feminine is the overall um, umbrella concept for this episode, um, but for our opening here, we wanted to talk specifically about personal spirituality and what your personal spirituality looks like outside the context of even religions, um, even the ones that are non-Western, uh, non-mainstream, just your own personal spirituality, um, what that looks like, um, what does it sound like, and what does it feel like for you? Um, I will go ahead and start since, um, I'm used to being super open. <laughs> um, personally for me, my spirituality is a series of, ever developing rituals that I implement into my life, be it my full moon shit that I like to do. Um, I like to do general meditation and centering on the full moons. That's also when I charge my crystals. Um, that is when like all my windows are open and I'm like literally physically putting myself in the light of the moon for as long as I can that night. Um, because I honestly do feel recharged. I noticed that a long time ago in high school. And so again, it's ever evolving. So in high school, I noticed that I did feel a really deep connection with the moon. And so I even wrote a poem about it in high school. And I like to physically be in the light of the moon. That's a thing for me. So that's one of the ways that I um, build my own personal spirituality and recognize my own connection to divinity as a whole, um, be it directed at another object or icon or just recognizing that energy for myself. Um, so that's what it looks like and feels like to me, super moon based, honestly, but also, um, also sensuality, excuse me. And we can get into that now or we can get into that later. But I think sensuality is also a form of spirituality. It's a leg of it. It's a limb. Um, 
an extension and a method of expressing spirituality, expressing your own divinity and uh, kind of acknowledging the divinity of the person or persons that you are engaged with, um, which is why it's such a heavy energy exchange, I think. Um, So either playing off of that or going back to the original question of your personal spirituality, um, Chantel, you want to start on that? Um, yeah, I'm, I would say that I'm kind of exploring what that is for me. I think a a place for me to start was Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think when I first really started to explore Christianity, I really felt like I was coming more into myself. Mm -hmm. Um, just being able to be more accountable or be more self-aware. Um, and because that type of commitment to prayer or commitment to um, certain rituals Mm -hmm. as you said earlier just made me feel like I had like a grander purpose than just Mm -hmm. like doing things recklessly Mm -hmm. which is what I was doing yeah um before like you know of a god or you know of religion based off your parents how they Mm -hmm. introduce you to it um, but but mine weren't particularly like this is something that we need every day mm-hmm. we need to do this all yeah. the time and so um, I think once I got in the routine of that something happened and it kind of made me just want to explore a little bit more mm. about spirituality or God or does God reside in me or mm. um, and I know we talked about like this the sensuality a little bit um, earlier before we started the podcast, but just thinking about how to me that spirituality almost felt sensual or arousing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot I of energy to, flowing in there. Yeah, and I had to learn, like even just dealing with people, I had to learn that when I felt a spiritual connection or an arousal from that spiritual connection, sometimes it didn't always mean that I had to be with that person. Mm-hmm. It just meant that there was something in them that connected to me mm-hmm. or something in them that resonated or inspired mm-hmm. or um, moved me. Mm-hmm. And that didn't mean that I needed to like have sex with them. I say like I was having <laughs> right, sex with right, right. just inspired me. But, <laughs> um, but, but I, well, I did find myself like, like questioning like why do I feel like this mm-hmm. about you mm, yeah I, I've never been but there's something that happens when you get to find out who you are a little bit more that makes you see yourself and others in a clearer oof. yeah oof light yes when you um, see yourself you start to see yeah. that reflection in other people and then you realize yeah. that you can understand other people better just for knowing yeah. yourself yeah and, it, and I think it means you care about yourself, too. Because mm. um, I think before that discovery, I don't think I was as careful with myself as I should have been. Um, yeah. And that's just because I was allowing myself to play off of the pain. The energy that comes from mm-hmm. pain or from mm-hmm. trauma, yeah. you know, you never really realize how much... Just like there's an energy from a positive experience, there's one from a negative one. Yes. And so I was allowing it to kind of just like let me carelessly yeah washed away with it right yeah do whatever like smoke your drink or whatever would feed that thing that i'm looking for Mm -hmm. not realizing that i had it all along but that god was like something that was already connected to me Mm -hmm. kind of yeah Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's so. super. That's super valid. That is super valid. Not only just that kind of like namaste idea of mm. like, okay, I see something in this person and having like the wherewithal of self. Yeah. And spirit to mm -hmm. know that it doesn't necessarily mean this or that kind of relationship mm -hmm. but just like literally namaste like i recognize something in you boom yeah all right all right and then it might be just like <laughs> a month long of an interaction or just that yeah. day or just that look and then mm -hmm. you have like just to know when to let it go is where that like self-knowledge comes into play yeah yeah um, it's very it's very Tricky, I would say, requires a lot of Hell questions yes. to you. Hell yeah, constant questioning um, of self yeah, <laughs> and reevaluation. Yeah, yeah, because romantic relationships are a lot different than platonic ones. Like you can, you can connect all day with, platonically with somebody, but mm -hmm. as far as romantically, like actually needing something met mm -hmm. um, in a more not necessarily physical, but more of a like longevity kind of way. Mm -hmm. It just requires some different request from that person, mm -hmm. I would think. That's where intimacy comes in. Yeah. Intimacy is what draws platonic closer to romantic. It's what I think makes them similar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it is super different, platonic versus romantic, but like that intimacy is like a baseline mm -hmm. for the yeah. deepest connections like across the board. Exactly. Yeah. Something you said before we get to Bethany, something you said about... Um, religion giving you the christianity giving you like the routine mm -hmm. and the uh excuse me and the systems mm -hmm. to operate through and to focus you i yeah. think is a super valid experience and a lot of the reason why folks who start off being raised in a certain particular religion yeah um once they're comfortable in the one that they end up in they realize the transition is pretty smooth Mm -hmm. Because all the rituals and 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 the doctrines and things like that that like focus you and guide you and give you repetition, they give you intention, mm -hmm. which is something that is more uh, cross genre than we talk about. Yeah. Because really, I mean, rosary beads, mm -hmm. um, confession. Yeah. Um, that. I don't want to say that weird thing. That thing that some Catholic churches do is like a back and forth and everybody knows the, the words. Call and response, yeah. <laughs> like the, the call and response thing. The redemptive quality of, of, of religions, I think, are what make it, is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that you feel like you are human mm -hmm. and something about you can come back from what you were. It's yeah. it's mm -hmm. not connected. Or yeah. Not necessarily not connected, but it was an experience, not a definition. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of what where the where the line is like the same across Blurs. the board. Yeah. yeah. I think that that sense of shared human experience and the sense of intention in repetition, intention in mm -hmm. uh, ritual yeah. to guide your energies, no matter what it is that you are, you know, using to do that. Mm -hmm. Crystals, rosary beads. Yeah. Like the morning, afternoon, and nighttime prayers for some right. folks, like mm -hmm. facing certain directions to do things, all of these things that really just give you intention to channel yeah. and manifest the good and the positive and the growth that you're looking for in the religion that you're participating in. So yeah. I really wanted to like stop on that because I think that's what makes the transition between I was raised in this, but now I'm here mm. or, you know, and I don't feel the conflict in that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that's super valid because a lot of what 
connects all of these religions is intention and like that that shared human experience of wanting to be better <laughs> like yeah. so um what about you bethany your personal spirituality what's it look like yeah so i uh also was raised christian but it was in a very hodgepodge kind of way uh my family all said that they were they were Baptist, Southern Baptist Christians, but none of us practiced. By that I mean we never went to church. <laughs> you know, other than uh, I say that we're CEOs, Christmas and Easter only mm. attendees. <laughs> um, the realness. Right. Uh, and there was a whole circumstance as to why we didn't go to church, and there was a little bit of animosity in my family as to why we weren't like going to a specific church. And then somehow, some way, I ended up going. Uh, to a private Christian university my first year of college. And essentially, I moved from one pocket of bigotry to another. You know, I grew up in the Bible Belt and just went further north in Indiana uh, to a private Christian university that they're very strict in their doctrines. They're very unaccepting, uh, very negative. And it's what I call, uh, as I have really springboarded my spiritual journey. I call it cookie cutter Christianity. Mm -hmm. You get to cut out and pick the areas of scripture that you're going to adhere to. And then when it serves you, you're going to reference the old Testament and talk about how horrible everybody is, (laughs) which is ridiculous because in Christianity, the Christ, the crucifixion is the new covenant, everything before, but you have whole pockets of people that when it's, when it's desirable, when it's convenient for their <laughs> argument, they reference the Old Testament, and that's infuriating to me. So more recently, and kind of springing off what you had said, is I'm, I'm having to look at all of these areas in my life and these opinions, these constructs that I've carried with, my, with me um, because I had been taught that. You know, there was a whole issue in my family about, like, premarital sex. If, and of course, you know, there's just my brother and I, so you don't worry about premarital sex with a girl or in a boy in a Christian family. It's always the girl that has to be pure and chaste, etc. So that bringing it full circle has definitely modified my experiences and my investigation of my sexuality. So it's really been quite recent for me mm-hmm. that I've had the opportunity and I felt comfortable enough to make these evaluations with myself because up to a certain point, I was like, it's not Christian to question this this way. Mm -hmm. You were taught that thinking this was wrong or et cetera, et cetera, and you know, Mm -hmm. coming to that. So I I now more so affiliate, I'm actually investigating Druidry, which is a connection with the earth. Mostly you had talked about how you recharge off of the moon. Ever since I was a child, I can go out to woods and I feel centered, like in a forest. I Mm -hmm. feel like myself. And that's really what Druidry is. It's the belief that we're connected to the earth and that energy and connection. Water? Mm -hmm. Yeah, water for me as well. Same, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm definitely in the midst of my investigation as well, but expanding off of something that was not serving me. Mm, (laughs) So still, you're still 
discovering. Yeah. You're still definitely discovering the beginnings of your personal spirituality. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's definitely valid because as you said, like certain things were just off limits for you to investigate. Mm -hmm. You just gave yourself permission recently. So, I mean, we are (laughs) excited to see what that's going to look like. (laughs) And what art is going to come from that. Okay. That's always super dope. The art after discovery. (laughs) Um, so Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing that with me and with the audience. Um, I think it is super important to remember the ongoing nature of these things. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're never done. You're always going to be reevaluating. You're always going to be, like, checking in with yourself. Where am I now? What do I think about this? Mm -hmm. Why did I do that? Is that consistent with who I want to be, what I want to do? And it's, like, just a constant constant (laughs) development of that your own divinity recognizing it seeing what it looks like what it feels like Mm -hmm. and what that divinity looks like out in the world and how other people are interacting with you as that divinity so i'm super excited to see how you both continue i'm i mean of course i'm excited to see how mine is going to continue but (laughs) getting to talk to other people about theirs now i'm like okay like i'm excited about your journey when you get an update (laughs) let me know like new rituals yes (laughs) like whatever it is um yeah so let's all just be clear if we ever want to do like a like a group thing where we just you know meditate or come up with um, our own rituals or share a ritual that you think is serving you or something like that I'm always open for that I don't know about y'all but I'm always oh, yeah. open for that because I'm very much uh, take what is there available in the world and if you've got a ritual that works for you and you feel that and I'm like getting good vibes off of it pff, I'm adding that to my lexicon Okay. I've recently gotten into just listening to the rain, like on go on YouTube and just like listen to the rain to like get myself. Because sometimes my brain is just like, and just to hear like the like it's almost like listening to a fan right before you go to sleep, mm-hmm. like just to have that constant mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. or something. Oh like, yeah, helps you because it's so hard to sit and meditate now. Oof, I don't it know is. Why, it is. To, it is. To be able to listen to rain, I'm just like. there's so many playlists girl I got so many playlists for you (laughs) with like if you got the headphones you got the binaural stuff too where it's got Mm. this tone and that tone in the other ear and it like centers a certain way with the with the you know 432 hertz 536 you know no big deal that stuff is really dope and a lot of the playlists will give you rain too or like Mm. waves in addition to those tones Mm. it is lit lit litty lit 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 I personally like my underwater, like it actually sounds like underwater, like the bubbles and like a little bit of the push and pull of the water, but like mainly like fully submerged. That's my jam. never listened to underwater. It is. I have to search for this, okay? Because I had a very specific sound I was looking for. Sometimes the waves can start to sound like that static. Mm -hmm. And that's a little uh, uh, to me. So I was looking for underwater and it took a minute. But underwater mm. is my jam. Like that actual, like that gurgle bubble. Yeah. And I just sink into mm. sleep. <laughs> that, I mean, what kind of, what kind of, what is it? Atmospheric white noise do you do? Oh gosh, just a white noise. Well, actually, so uh, I, I actually have a white noise machine to help me sleep. Oh, okay, I facts. Have such, I have such terrible insomnia and I have a very 
constantly hyperactive brain. It's actually been an ongoing struggle for me and, I, and I've realized that I've been too long fueled by my anxiety mm. because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I needed to do to serve the self. So I was yeah. just busy being who I thought I should be for everybody else. Which sounds just, like a lot of fucking work. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, not necessarily like as far as like ambient sound, but you'd mentioned that it's so hard for you to meditate. And I found that it was really difficult for me to like still my, still, still my mind to in there like, you know, quit thinking. I'm like, I'll quit breathing because I don't know. It would be easier yeah. for me to stop breathing than to turn my mind off. Uh, but something I've started to do instead of doing the meditation to clear the mind, there's also the other concept of meditation where you have unparalleled focus on one thing like a candle, like a flame, like you just allow your allow yourself to lose it in, in one focal point. And so actually what I've started to do, um, just because I've had a lot of health issues this last year, is that I'm doing really slow, intentional yoga as a meditative practice mm -hmm. to help train my body into re-coordination and that coordination to extend to my mental process. Really because in it, sync. Because it seems like for me... Um, I'm, I'm either hyperactive physically mm -hmm. or mentally. It's, it's hard enough to get one to still. It's almost impossible to get them to still together. So that's something that I've been doing in my mm -hmm. process. That's mm -hmm. a ritual that I'm um, exercising mm -hmm. as I decide what I want my spirituality mm -hmm. to look like. Okay, so we found, we found one. Yeah. We found a little ritual <laughs> in there. We got to that. Nice. I dig that. I, I like that with the with the exercising. I do a little bit of that as well. Like when we worked out together in the park, it was like make the movements intentional. Put like gratitude and positive energy into the movements. Like, okay, it's a workout, but I'm thankful I can move and I'm happy to be able to bend this way. And like all of that, yo, honestly, just putting gratitude into the workout, not only made the workout a little more positive, but also, like, it's invigorating as hell. Really to be like, I'm grateful to be able to bend this way. I'm tired, but I'm grateful I can do this push-up. Like, it's mm. it's crazy how transformative that. the thought is, man. It is. I've actually been waking up to say five things I'm grateful for. Ooh, yes. Nice. Morning. Nice. And it does feel different. Mm-hmm. Even, like, throughout the day. And I've been doing it before I go to sleep. And if it just feels all around, it just feels different. Changes the morning. Yeah. I saw something where it was like, instead of like rolling over and immediately looking at your phone, like when you roll over and you think you're like kind of awake, mm -hmm. to stop and express your gratitude. Just generally express your gratitude yeah. like before you reach for the phone. Mm -hmm. Let the first thing you do not be to like check in yeah. with other people and like how you how you're being seen or the comments that are being put or pictures of other yeah. people um or whatever energy may be on facebook that day um right. to start your day like even before you open your eyes to start mentally expressing yeah. your your gratitude yeah um and that i remember a couple times doing that and feeling like okay yeah i feel like i did start a little bit better today yeah um but like it's practice doing that stuff too mm -hmm. It's practice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we are <laughs> safe to move on from here. Um, I'm so glad y'all can't see me like moving ridiculously. <laughs> you can hear me, but you can't see me. Um, so we are going to go ahead and we're going to go into Zodiac moment. Make it a little bit lighter. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there may be some shade because, you know, <laughs> Zodiac memes are pretty shady. <laughs> so we'll see you there.
All right, so let's have a Zodiac moment. I will start off um, with Libra. I'm a Libra sun, okay, okay. So there's a meme that I saw recently that basically was for Libras and Leos um, that basically was like, I don't want to go home yet because I look too good and not enough people have seen me. <laughs> uh, valid, 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 valid all day. Yes, that is me, okay? The problem is, you know, I feel great, I feel myself, and then I go out and I still don't want to take up too much attention. So then when it's over, I'm like, I feel like not enough people got to passively experience me today. Um, <laughs> like I'm not sorry, the whole room at a time, but what like one person at a time. <laughs> like I feel like only one person glanced at me and caught their breath. Like maybe if I go to another place, at least one more person, they might not say anything to me, but like they'll see me. And be like, wow. <laughs> and then I will feel satisfied. I don't know how I'm going to know. But it's not time to go home yet because not enough people, this is not enough people have seen me. Like, okay, dragging myself through like way more clubs than I really wanted to go to. Just because it's like, it's just going to be my, like the four walls of my apartment that see me now. But I did my makeup. I tried today. Someone else has to see me. That's all it is. It's not like pure vanity, but it's like, I don't ask for a lot of attention. So when I feel myself, I'm like, mm, but did you see me though? <laughs> did, did you, did you wrong, catch the though? fit? Like, Thank you. Am I wrong? You serious? I don't think I am, you know? And like I said, it's not like the whole room has to stop for me. But I like to feel like I got a good use out of a real good look or a real confident day. Okay. When I'm feeling confident, I'm not trying to be at home. <laughs> so I think that's valid as hell. But like there's this vanity thing with Libras and it's painted as like a negative thing. You know, vanity is painted negatively um, because it's like really tied closely to self-absorbed, which I feel like is a little different. Like vanity, having a sense of enjoying your own aesthetic and your own beauty i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that i just need to like not be self-obsessed to the point of like constantly centering myself you know like i feel like that's different so i personally you know i think it's said negatively of libras you know vanity they love beautiful things and they're materialistic and i'm like skirt i'm cheap as fuck so <laughs> no <laughs> and i still only have enough stuff in my apartment for a dorm so <laughs> i'm not materialistic i just like pretty things and i like it when i feel pretty or daddyish you know it depends on the day <laughs> but generally attractive i like that <laughs> i like that shit um <laughs> So I want to get, Chantel, I want to get your take mm -hmm. on, we've talked about it. I've brought it up like twice today. Mm -hmm. The the meme that's like Pisces, um, a Virgo with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Virgo, <laughs> a delicate Virgo. <laughs> um, just in a comparison meme. Mm -hmm. You said you don't interact with Zodiac a lot, but like, how does that strike you immediately when you hear it based on what you do know of Virgo generally and Pisces generally? Um, well, when I hear, when I think of, or what I know from knowing about Pisces is that Pisces are just like these free flowing people <laughs> and they just don't care and they're like airy and they just want to be <laughs> passive and love everybody. And then Virgo is like... <laughs> 
I came, I saw, I conquered, and I did it perfectly. What did you do? Even if, <laughs> even if it was wrong, there was nothing wrong. No. And that is all. You are welcome. Well. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if it is, if it is that extreme. Um, but I only know this much about Virgos because I have friends and sisters. Mm. A sister is a Virgo. Uh, I do have a lot of friends who are Virgos. Um, and so this is kind of what I always hear that Virgos are the shit, and then Beyonce is a Virgo, so you know, you just well, never that. you never hear the end of, end of Virgo life. Um, but <laughs> I guess I can see some things that Virgos may do in myself because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that the free, like, I'm free flowing but that stresses me out a little bit so (laughs) that is a dichotomy there i think that um whoever made this probably needs to wheel it back in (laughs) a little bit um because i'm all good with like i'm i'm all good if, if the plan feels good i guess i guess that's that's where the Pisces could come in like I laid out enough practical ideas where this ah uh, yeah this well is enough planned enough me. to be spontaneous if I wanted to right no I mean I could be spontaneous at least I'm thinking in more of like a career aspect oh, okay. but if I'm like just hanging out with friends mm. then you might get more laid back unless mm. I'm with a lot of people who can't make decisions. Then I'm like, okay. Take in charge. Yeah. Like, (laughs) hurry up. That's valid. Um, (laughs) So I, as a Libra, can come to you as I would a Virgo. That's what you're saying. (laughs) Guide me. Help me. Yeah. I'm just like, so what are pros and cons? Boom, boom. All right. So we got the decision. Sounds like. plans, schedule. Yes. Okay. Okay. So these are things that we we all know to be true about Virgos. You are right. So if you identify with those things, but even like earlier when you were describing how like if somebody wasn't together you said like i just need you what do i need to do to get you ready together that yes. phrase yes does not come out of the virgo's mouth oh so that's like stress. the nice virgo thing that's the virgo with feelings pisces because you <laughs> the way you said that <laughs> and the way i have heard that from an actual <laughs> virgo son is a lot different, honey. And one, I think that's why I feel like it's valid. <laughs> I've also learned of this thing called, because um, I'm just like, as I'm getting more into Zodiac signs, I'm just mm-hmm. really trying to explore Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there's a difference between a developed Pisces and a Oh, undeveloped yes. What the shit is that? A lot of these tropes that tout the negativity of a certain zodiac that's you under, low functioning an undeveloped or yeah. underdeveloped oh zodiac that's you when you're tired you when you're out. stressed you <laughs> yeah. when when you're in a bad <laughs> mood like i think that's when like the, the zodiac thing can be super accurate if mm-hmm. you acknowledge that you're not going to be all these things at all times yeah. there's personality tests mm-hmm. that you do like at work and stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. always in, like they always acknowledge this is you high functioning this is you low functioning this is you mm-hmm. you know and I that exists for Zodiac too if you read about it like yeah. if you look for it if you read it enough but but the, Bethany's right those tropes are low functioning and they're very general immature yep. people who hurt you because they were either low functioning or immature at that time yeah. and so were you probably when you made the meme but <laughs> <laughs> I mean if we're being honest if we're being honest so I think definitely like 
you might just be more high functioning than some folks who are like snapping at people for not being together or not making a decision. I get bothered. I'm like, okay, I need us to, like, even at work, I'm like, so I need us to do boom, 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 boom. Like, if it's not, (laughs) we're not going to, are we making a new plan? Like, what are we doing? Like, I'm trying to be successful. You're holding me up. So, and I I mean, I guess too, I hear that, I don't know, I'm hard to read. I've heard that from people Mm. sometimes. So maybe Mm. that could be like. Virgos have a tendency, they're very far in their head. You're not going to, like, you know, with your numbers and your thing, you're, they're not, like, if you think of the warmth of a cancer, they're like, let me, like, touch you and feed you and right, things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. Virgos aren't like that. They're, they're, I feel like the Virgos are the watchers. They're the ones that are constantly pulling information. Collecting data. And making connections as opposed to being, like, a social butterfly, like a Libra or a Leo mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe that's where the shift is. Like, you're still collecting all the data the same mm-hmm. way a Virgo might. But you're not stuck in yeah, the data yeah, into your like, own mind. That could be it in the too. same way. Because some Virgos, I notice they they focus so much on you that they don't move. It's almost like you're yeah. paralyzed. They get frustrated, yeah. and they're and, and I've talked to Virgos. It's like frustrating for them sometimes. Yeah. Like they're not trying it. to be Go in here, it. or like <laughs> they're not trying to snap at you. But they're so far in their head. It's like yeah. get the words because I'm. Ooh, there's a next thought coming, yeah. and I gotta mm, categorize. It's happening. Yeah. But I do know, like, like the cusp thing too. That's yeah. true, true. Cusp, be... Aquarius, and Pisces. You said yeah. oh, for your wow. sun sign. Yeah, yeah. There's also I saw there's like, a lot of Aquarius in my chart too. Really, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of like little alien emojis coming up for Pisces and Aquarius too. Maybe that's that like mysterious thing people think about you, like that they say they can't really read you because there seems to be some idea of Pisces and Aquarius being kind of like, oh, like. They think a little differently. I don't know what they're thinking kind of deal. But you're, I mean, you're an artist. You're very expressive. I mean, it's not like you can't get too confused. (laughs) You are constantly expressing things. If if I didn't have an outlet, I think I'd definitely be different. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you've, you've, from what you're describing, it sounds like without even trying to, you've coordinated the movement of your thoughts, energies, and feelings. Even if you don't like have boxes for them, and like this is what I'm doing, this isn't what I'm doing, mm-hmm, it seems mm-hmm. like that is exactly what you're doing, even though there's not a defined process for mm-hmm. it. It sounds like you're already very balanced, even though you're in the midst of a journey, which hmm. I mean, I think is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then Bethany, Madam. Sun sign cancel. Yes, and I actually am a cusp. I'm a cusp with Leo, and it's really okay, well. funny for me. Yeah, <laughs> because I I am stuck between that like let me make a home and like create harmony for all the people that I care for, but also want to be out seeing all the things, meeting all of the people, <laughs> stuff like that. Am I not fabulous? Yeah, very much. <laughs> I, I have those moments where I'm the crab and I don't want anyone in my shell, in my space. I need to hermit, and then there are moments where I'm. Like, what shell? I have arrived. I've tried. <laughs> what shell? Where? Where are the trumpets? <laughs> where are the garlands? <laughs> I feel so, like you play that that class pretty well. Like I, I experience to. you as like, I'm gonna feed you soups and bring you tea. Like you've literally mm-hmm. made tea for me after like exams or some shit. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. And but like you do that, that, but like 
in a dramatic feathery gown. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm fabulous, but also here eat. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow have created this um, domestic goddess. I've gotten for myself, and it's not something I want to live out entirely. But I do like that I can don it. <laughs> it works. It works. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, I that's one of my favorite things is to take care of people, is to like bring you into a space and make you feel comfortable. Mm. And I think that that's very indicative See, of cancers. Very yeah. much. Yeah. She's very much that. And and. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm over here like, yeah. and I curl, I curl. <laughs> um, this is great audio. <laughs> oh, yeah. like we're, over here, we're over here just purring. <laughs> but um, but the thing is, is that one of the negative tropes about cancers that is very true, and the Leo side of me cannot wash this away, is that I am sensitive. Yeah. And uh, I find that the the really weepy, tearful cancer comes out in me when there's discord in my life. Harmony is of paramount importance in my life. That's one of the reasons why it's been hard for me to like let go of some of the toxicity mm-hmm. that is shared in my relationships with my family because I am a nurturer and I am a mediator by nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I always want to keep all of those connections as smooth and as soft. Cough, cough, Libra moon. And also Libra She's moon. a Libra moon yeah. as well. <laughs> what does that mean? And so Libra moon, there's a there's a tendency toward like conflict avoidance mm-hmm. because we because we don't like the discordance and the importance of relationships. Yeah. is in Libra moon is mm. is very big think, as well. I don't think she's very strong in here. Mm. Yeah. Really, <laughs> you're not bothered. <laughs> Chantel is not bothered. <laughs> not bothered by the conflict. Like, I don't even know. Are you there? Oh, okay. oh yeah. Your oh, Libra's quiet. Pipe down. But, like, so, but go ahead. So yeah, that's the thing with me is that I do, and of course I'm like I'm moved to tears easily by really any stimuli in my life. I can be frustrated, all the emotions, elated, you know, upset, angry, overwhelmed, and angry. Like that. There's yeah. beautiful things in front of me. I'll yeah, cry at the ocean I, in a minute. I, if I'm happy for you, I'll cry for you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there I'm, we yeah, go. I'm, there so, she is. Yeah. So there's. So people are like, "Oh, Chris, are you gonna cry about it?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe because maybe possibly this, maybe it warrants it." Now that you maybe, fucking said it, right? <laughs> maybe I'm just more ready to to share. That's the thing. I guess cancers often feel like they have to kind of present Express. the emotion or to like Constantly. create the space mm. to be so, understood. So about you're gonna it. have the space to be comfortable, but also like maybe this does warrant some tears, and I'm gonna show you it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And there are times where I'm the crab in her shell is just weeping over nothing and but that's you know that's <laughs> sometimes sometimes an outlet sometimes like a, re- a release valve sometimes yeah. you just gotta like let go of all of it that you kind of allowed to build up without consciously knowing it's mm-hmm. happening yeah. yeah and then just that I think that's out. human that's human if yeah. you got if you got emotional backup you you're gonna cry something. well and I guess that, <laughs> I guess that trope is accurate because I do occasionally like Every few months, like every maybe every quarter, I guess to put it Oof. in business terms, the moon phase. I okay. <laughs> seriously, though, I find I go, I need to have a cry. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'll go and, and listen to my so sad good. playlist that I have set up, or I'll watch a movie that always triggers me. Look, and, and she sings too, so this is like literally like you're doing a theme song for your oh, day, yeah. and you are going to cry. You're gonna play it again, yep. and do it again. <laughs> it feels so good sometimes. Like I listen to like like that. You know that sad, melancholy jazz kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. I will do that, 
And like, I'm perfectly fine coming out of it. Like, I'll walk out the door and be perfectly fine. But like, if I'm doing that that day, oh, we're in it. Yeah, we are marinating. I might be thinking about old ass relationships that I don't even really care about anymore. But right now, we're gonna feel it. Yep, it's an exercise. Okay, (laughs) it's an exercise. Anytime I really feel that is that type of energy is present is when Mother Nature has arrived. That is when it is. That is when I feel the most in tune with myself. Everything that I have questioned is like answered. Everything that I feel is like it comes out, but not in a harmful way. It's just like if I need to cry, then I cry. Like if I need to speak, if I'm like, and it's just so clear. Like everything. I wish wish that time. That's beautiful. Yes, you're having like a different like experience yeah. then I think a lot of us are a lot of us feel like more chaotic and more confused yep. and like I, I look up and I'm like why the fuck did I do that I had, <laughs> I had a friend who told me you seem like you are smarter when you are damn that is oh so God. intense but like, that was because I make like better choices you're in tune you're yeah in, in terms wow. of guys maybe I just need to like connect with my period differently like I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Up. I just feel like when it comes around, it's like everything just makes sense. Like everything that I didn't understand or didn't know or I've been questioning or if I was frustrated about, I understood that I needed to address it. And so and by it the time... clears up. And that's how I know my period is coming. Damn. It's just like, that is so dope. <laughs> so, I'm bringing so it back around, you're super imbalanced. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Very your yeah. Libra moon is working on the low. Oh, okay. Your Libra moon is working on the low, I feel like. Because yeah. you're balancing yourself at a time that's more chaotic for most of us. Yeah, yeah. that's when it's like, that's how I know that it's coming. Because everything just feels like, oh, I didn't even see that. But that's what that was. Oh, And then everything just kind of like, and I cry, and I feel, and I speak. And then it's like, dang it, I'm back. And I'm just like chaotic. Oh, Bethany. Oh. So that meme about vanity technically enveloped Leos as well. Yes. And your how does your Leo cusp react to that idea of like Leos and Libra vanity? How does that yeah. interact with so, you? <laughs> well, and I've always been described as a pretty girl, you know, kind of like a diva mm-hmm. because I have a flair for the dramatic and a desire to surround myself with beautiful things. Mm, I yes. just, I just enjoy beautiful things and they don't yeah. have to be orchestrated beauty. Like nature's beautiful too. I like being surrounded and I, and I take the care into making myself more beautiful. And so, yeah, I, I do get annoyed when people are like, Oh, the vanity of Leo's and the vanity of Libra's. Mm-hmm. But to that, I argue We've put a lot of constructs on words, mm-hmm. on the language we use, and I don't know why it's totally acceptable for me to present myself in a way to receive compliments of beauty from others, mm-hmm. but yet I myself just for me. don't have the license to do whatever I want to feel beautiful by myself. And enjoy my beauty. Like, what's so wrong and about so, it? Right. And so you that's where... It's some ratchet music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm the motherfucking... <laughs> The good thing is. about women rapping is that all that extra confidence you get yeah. to see. 
So, so it definitely, it's definitely a thing. And I feel like, I mean, to not make it into another issue, but women are policed no matter what. Whether you're not pretty enough or you're too pretty or you're Mm -hmm. this or you're that. And so I, it is, it really is. So I'm at a point where, like I said, I, I like having beauty in my life Mm -hmm. and I can't always physically create it you know in the midst of a spiritual creative journey Mm -hmm. all I have the option to do is to find it around me and hope that it can inspire Mm -hmm. it can can help with those connections and things like that and if people think I'm a diva about it well then they can (laughs) sorry not sorry okay I just I just wondered because you know we decided that you were like a tea serving soup making diva who will like feed yeah. you but also make you okay. feel like you didn't dress up enough. Shame us and love us at the same that's time. Okay. No, you don't make me better. Okay. I, want, I like want to have like Sunday brunches where everybody mm-hmm. can just come in their like lingerie and mm-hmm. me have like Yes. Brunches. Let's just sit around and be pretty Seriously. and eat tasty Didn't things and look Multiple? at taste like look at beautiful things. We had we had I don't know how many roommate dates, but there was one specific <laughs> where we were both having tea in our lingerie. Oh yeah. Listening to We were like, how luxurious can we do this? <gasps> Oh my god. We gotta y'all we gotta go shopping. We're taking Chantel. We need nighties. We need teddies. We need straps and buckles. We gotta oh my god. Just because like going to bed oh yeah in your like just for you. Yeah. Your own personal like if your life was a show and it's that scene where they're like just so cute at home. Like, do that. Put your lingerie on when you go to bed. Like, wind down. Give yourself some time to exist, not in your clothes, but not fully sleep. Like, looking cute. Is it? Feeling like, mm, yeah. I just, I just lay, what is, I don't know, what is it called? Um, um, um. Commander? Yeah. I mean, I sleep commando. I specifically take my lingerie off and then go to bed. The lingerie is for me being <laughs> awake and feeling cute. <laughs> Tendency, this is to like feel like you're in a movie or to like imagine that you're Bruh. In a movie. I do that all my the time. whole life is my sitcom. Yeah, for real. I'm, I narrate, I have monologue, I date everything I ever wrote down. Yep, as if look, but because when the aliens come and finally <laughs> deign us with their presence, they're gonna have a full record at least of me. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be of any use. Or interest. When they asked, but they will thoroughly said, know my existence. They said she was fine, but not all was fine. But not all was well. <laughs> <laughs> or like any moment where like I just like it's just the way that I see I see like myself in 3D, but also there's like a fourth wall yep. of like if someone were to be watching me, and then I entertain myself all over again because then <laughs> things that I think were funny are then funny again, imagining yep. someone else seeing me laugh at myself. It's real weird. It's that's a whole separate. No, I, I don't even think that's a Libra thing. That's like a very much like I'm constantly like expressing and documenting myself. So yeah. then it becomes like oh, how yeah. how would I see this from the outside? Mm-hmm. Where would my audience laughter be? Like where would because I crack myself up all the time it's and like I talk to myself and, all the time. It's like going back and reading a journal. Or yeah, something yeah. To see what everybody is. Yeah. Or something. And saying things out loud is helpful for me. So yeah. 
in saying things out loud and talking to myself, it becomes a narration. And then it becomes like, oh, well, there are things that I say out loud that don't have to be said out loud. But it's like, if this is a sitcom, I can't just think it. I got to say it out loud <laughs> for the aliens. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Whew. It's interesting. We haven't figured that out yet. I'll get back to you. If <laughs> I, was I, say, well, if I, I learn more about do, this. Like, more vlogs or something. God, how much you more of my thoughts can be? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like listening to your podcast, I can sit there and just listen. I'm just like, really? Oh, well, I'm glad. That's cool. I'm it's glad. interesting. Shit. <laughs> I'm glad. I'll have to bring Bethany on more because mm-hmm. we do a lot of the same things. So then it won't just be like, these are weird things randomly Okara <laughs> does. It'll be like, there's at least one other human being <laughs> that, like, that does what? this. Oh, yeah, that's where I'm dragging you in. Right. <laughs> because you narrate, myself, you narrate for yourself, too. So you definitely, lot. yeah, I, I know you identify. So I think, I don't know. I There's a, there's a weird... Um, there's a weird, uh, what's the word? Die paradox, paradigm, where it's like I very much express a lot, and I think you get this too. We very much express a lot, but then there's this like, who even, why, who, oh, yeah. am, who am I to mm-hmm. just keep saying my stuff? <laughs> but also like I'm compelled to express. I'm compelled to express because, like, as I understand myself better, like we said, it helps us understand other people better mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, like, in my writing, in my performances, all I want is for you to see yourself in what I'm saying and to feel oof, the satisfaction of being understood and or putting words to something you haven't been able to put words to. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, with the heavy manner that I document myself, it's like, who the fuck Wants to know what time of night I wrote this goddamn poem. I don't know, <laughs> but it seems valid. Maybe there's a pattern. <laughs> but there's like also the questioning of the self-expression, yes. mm-hmm. of the constant self-expression. Mm-hmm. I self-disclose a lot. Like I will literally say, self-disclosure, but I'm going to say this. Um, it's just like, oh, I get tired of like questioning. Should I just keep saying things? Do people really need to... Are you still why listening? <laughs> like, Who, why not? That's a good question. Why not? Why Other not? people do it. They'll stop listening, I guess, when they feel like it and keep going when they want to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that was something for me that I noticed, like, with this creative journey that I, I've recently propelled myself back on. During our during our degree program together, we were in the same department, of course, and mm-hmm. you know, graduated near the same time. I had this... And I'm just now realizing that I have this dichotomy, these two conflicting issues of where I so desperately wanted to sing and so desperately wanted to perform, but yet the reasons I wanted to perform, which was, you know, that connection, all that, I was not yet one and still with myself. So I was constantly battling almost imposter syndrome. I was like, do you have the license to be trying to put yourself out here this way when you don't even know what you need? Oh, God, yeah. And so I let go of my vocal performance, which is what I've I've loved doing ever Mm -hmm. since I can remember. We dragged ourselves through school for it. We dragged ourselves through school for it, and yet I came out on the other side. And granted, life kind of threw me a lot of curveballs. But I completely let it go. I let, I put it down because I had convinced myself so thoroughly that I had no business right. expressing or attempting to share 
and given that way because how how measly would my offering be? And how dare you build a life on expression right. <laughs> and artistic? Right. Well, and and going back to a lot of my experiences, like my family, they have they had a very specific notion of what a young woman from my area should be doing with her life. Music was not attached to that. <laughs> Creativity was not attached to that. And I looked and I took it even a few steps back. I was a proficient violinist. I studied it privately for 15 years. I took I was learned piano as a child you know dance I was a dancer and there are all of these things that I would come to a point where I'm like let me give this to someone and there was a dialogue that said but it's not worth it to Mm -hmm. them yeah and I and that is that's the wall that I'm currently trying to break through and like return return to that because as a cancer all I want to do is give don't give me anything give me your presence let me do for you. That's honestly how I function. I, I, I show my love by, by giving, by caring, by preparing a meal or whatever. There's a very obvious danger in that. And it, well, and that's the thing. And then I guess with this, my dichotomy, my issue with my Leo Cancer cusp is that it feels so good for me to perform and to share in that way. But then there's a part of me that's like, it's selfish for you to do something and try to receive something out of it. Even Mm -hmm. though I'm not doing it to receive something, but I ultimately do because that Mm -hmm. exchange is so beautiful. It Mm -hmm. feels so good. And and somehow, somewhere, some way, I have created a a negative umbrella to that Mm -hmm. relationship. We should explore that. I'm I'm trying to. We are chip, chip. Yeah. Chipping away at I that. I find <laughs> that I'm really good at justifying, though. I'm really good about, like, looking under a rock and then, you know, putting a fence around it or something as opposed to, we're going to we're gonna just tear all of this down, which is... That Burn it all down! Bringing it full circle <laughs> to the sacred feminine. Yes. And the destroying and the rebirthing energies. Yang feminine. That was the first time that I was like, oh, wow, maybe sometimes you need to not know before you can. No, mm. and learn. Boom. Thank you, Bethany. That is a perfect segue to where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get into our mental mukbang, hold on to that idea of um, yang feminine and Kali energy, divine feminine, um, destructive feminine. Put a pin in that. All right, it's time for the mental mukbang. Um, so we're going to dive into and fully digest Chantel's poetry, um, centered on again divine feminine. And in this section, as I read Chantel's poem "Bursting at the Seams" for the first time, um, these poems stood out to me as different experiences of feminine and the different facets of feminine. Um, feminine being not just an opposite to mas- masculine but feminine having its own masculine and feminine feminine having its own yin and yang um, the feminine that we are familiar with and that is also de- definitely valid is the yin which is the that sort of incubating um, I'm going to hold you here you can rest here you can be nurtured here um, but then 
The converse of that is also the yang feminine. At some point, we've got to birth what we've been incubating. At some point, we have to set things free. At some point, we have to knock things down, burn things to the ground, um, be spontaneous. So I very much, um, I felt that super clandestine connection into from the last thing Bethany said um, and into this. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and <laughs> let and let Chantel begin to read. Um, we're going to let her um, give us the full experience of her um, performing poetry. If you haven't heard her perform poetry before, ooh, it's good. Um, so you'll really have a lot to digest. We will let her read. We will let her tell us where the poem came from and what it meant to her. We'll express a little bit of where it took us, you know, because once you release art, it may become something else to the people who <laughs> behold it. Um, and we'll do that a few times and you get all these juicy poems in. Chantel? Okay. Um, the first poem that I'm going to read um, is called 42112, which is the day that I wrote the poem. I didn't have a, any other title, so gotcha. it's just the date. Um... All right. <laughs> At 8.30 a.m., I cannot help but pretend to be asleep so that you can stretch your fingers through my hair like tree branches and caress my face like communion on Sunday. One last time, I will visit the church home that I have found in your open palm. Praise the deep brown of your hands and admire how they move when the fire flickers off the tip of your tongue when you talk about anime. I will let that flame lick my imagination with its greatness in detail, an elevated tone that awakens the sometimes quiet pulse in my chest. One last time, I want you to revive me so I can frolic between the sheets of your heart like an insomniac. Lay with me like you used to, head to breast, hand to hip, my leg wrapped between yours like chocolate Twizzlers trying to connect the same way Ohio fits into the corners of Indiana. This was supposed to be the last time. The last time our lips danced under covers, your covers, where the shaft of your thumb can own the back of my ear on a Sunday morning and make it hard for me to leave once again. And so um, that poem was, sorry, I have, I have braces, everyone. So <laughs> it may sound a little weird, certain sounds and stuff, um, which is very interesting. Language just never gets old, but um, <laughs> um, right? Um, and so it was originally about um, a lover that I had, and it was going nowhere, or I wouldn't say it was going nowhere, but it was just a bad time. But I couldn't leave them alone, mm -hmm. and so I made a poem about just it being just a continuation of last times like mm -hmm. and until the actual last time mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's what that's what this this poem was about okay. um yeah thank you yeah bethany well and to be fair i don't know a lot about poetry so that's something that i'm wanting to read more and study but mm -hmm. i felt tension. I could feel in the words that you used and 
the way in which they were coordinated it you could feel that it was like I have to let you go but yet here we are still mm-hmm. with each other enjoying each other even if it doesn't serve mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed that very much I wish I could articulate in a better way a, a critique <laughs> but once again like I don't I don't know a lot about poetry but that was like love that was lovely that was, that was really that was it, there was such I don't want to use the word authenticity because we bandied that term around a lot and it doesn't mean as much but it was so it was real I could mm-hmm. I could I could see you with someone and it being like this kind of forlorn like here we are and this is nice but is this good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think to piggyback off of Bethany like Although you don't, you're you're trying not to use the word authenticity, but it's super valid because yeah, like, authenticity comes out when you successfully illustrate a moment. Because we can all relate to moments, you know, like main characters and dialogue and, and stuff like that are all very specific to experience. But like moments of feeling like like what you've created here one of my favorite things about your poems did I say that already um (laughs) is like creating a moment means that you are able to put someone in that moment and then that's Mm. where they start to oh that hit that hit because I've like placed myself in this oh now I remember when I was placed directly in the middle of this moment like Mm. I remember that um the thing that strikes me about this poem Mm. is that there's something about the divine feminine that creates Mm -hmm. obviously we talk about it all the time um mother gaia and mother nature and we create we create we create not only do we create out of things that are there we we also have a terrible skill of creating things out of stuff that's not there (laughs) we make something out of nothing we build foundations on memories we like it's we nourish phantoms of things and we could because the instinct is to create and this yeah. is i, I want to stay in this moment i don't want this to really be the last time so i am i'm fueling this with all of the other times mm-hmm. <laughs> and creating an experience that really is a really a good one <laughs> <laughs> because I'm building it on the last times. Yeah. It's been watered by the last times. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what really struck me about that and why for me, for this episode, this this poem was um, poignant mm-hmm. because this this woman is creating something out of nothing. Yeah. Building with things that aren't really there. Yeah. Um, and it's a power and it's it's a curse. <laughs> like, you don't really want to be building on memories, okay? Because people change. Right, um, right. But that's that's why I like that poem. Because mm-hmm. I know that every woman has done that at some point. Mm-hmm. Made something out of nothing. Made yeah. it work. Made it work. Made it work. <laughs> um, and it's dangerous to us. Yeah. But it's, it's also our superpower. So right. that's the flip side. Uh, what's next, Chantel? Um, the next poem we have is not that one. Okay, I have that marked for my own self. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, drunken nights, drunken nights. So, drunken nights, voices get quiet, faces get blurry. Under closed eyelids, I search for a vivid, vivid memory of you here with me 
where we danced under damp clothes. Beads of condensation bounce off speakers. Your feet try to keep up with my feet. My hands try to keep up with your hands and the way they trace my body to the music. Your forehead rests on the back of my neck. Your hair sweaty half on the nape of your neck, half in my hand. My elbow rests on the side of your face. Pelvis to back, we danced. I remember my drunken nights were when I forgot you were a woman. I forgot about social constructions and how much they confined us. I forgot about your past and how you became a martyr for it. After too many shots, I forgot you did shit like that. Mm. Tell me about it. <laughs> but also, tell me about it. Um, so, uh, also one one thing which I haven't necessarily said explicitly anywhere else mm. um, when talking about this book, but there's a, a queerness to some of my poems. So I'm um, not imagining. Huh? I'm not imagining. I'm, just, I'm glad you um, said that. <laughs> No, because, I mean, some people have asked, like, if it was about a woman or um, Mm -hmm. just certain things. Um, And so, I mean, that's just, like, my personal thing, which Mm -hmm. I haven't necessarily expressed Mm -hmm. or clarified. Anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. um, And so I kind of just let the poem do what it does. (laughs) But um, this particular poem was written from... Uh, an experience with uh, a woman and then just like us being able to feel what we feel without each other Mm -hmm. um, really having to overthink it yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and then also understanding that those thoughts would come back Mm -hmm. and would ultimately be why it won't be anything more than just like that the moment that one yeah 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 um and then just like that's why i said um i forgot about your past and you know how you became a martyr for it so then there are just like personal things with that particular person that it just wouldn't wouldn't be anything more than what was what it was yeah (laughs) so and that's what it that's what it's about you know drunken nights is where kind of things kind of get like there's just this blur between what it is and what it should be, and you can't ignore what it is, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. Bethany. Well, first off, woof. <laughs> I was like, I like, <laughs> I went. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, and and it's just, it's amazing what language can be for every person, and mm-hmm. it's. Bear with me. So. Um, un- alcohol is a very destructive item in my family. Like mm-hmm. my brother is currently in prison for um, you know his alcoholism, my my mm-hmm. uncle, things like that. So it's it's what as far as the connection of the words and then the feeling attached to it, I couldn't help but make a connection to you said you know if there weren't these social um, constructions or these mm-hmm. social constructs but then also you know here we are having this experience it's almost like the alcohol it was allowing you to destroy some of those barriers you were just now saying yeah. like blurring those lines to to create a space mm-hmm. or a plane to later on look back and go like you said you can't ignore what it what it is but there there was still you know kind of shuffling between, what it is. yeah there was shuffling between boundaries because it still wasn't exactly something that you yourself had orchestrated yeah. 
So I, it's 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 funny. It made me think of the the divine feminine relationship of destruction and rebirth, but in a in a really different way, mm-hmm. in a in a more nuanced kind of contemporary way. Because mm-hmm. how often do we kind of have to like find a way to release? our perceptions of ourselves through a drink or through mm-hmm. through whatever to then open yourself to try experiences mm-hmm. that you know through the lens of inebriation or whatever but still you yeah. whether you're doing it in a less healthy way or whether it's like through a conduit it still is that process mm-hmm. or at least that it felt like that for me mm-hmm. yeah so yeah mm-hmm. cool um I agree with like that that uh, the rebirthing aspect in a in a in a different in a weird way. perspective of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a quiet. Every time, like you said, those moments were those moments, and those moments have limitations. But you also can't deny what they were. Mm-hmm. And every time it occurs, there is like a rebirth of a part of you Mm -hmm. and then when the moment is over maybe that part becomes dormant again Mm -hmm. until either that person or another person who lights that in you Mm -hmm. comes around Mm -hmm. and then there's that rebirth again like the shedding of those particular inhibitions layered over a part of you you don't usually see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and me being like fully fully out as queer when I see things like this, it's very interesting because the spectrum of queer is broad mm-hmm. and detailed. <laughs> There's like a place for every for every perspective of a mm-hmm. person's own queerness. Yeah. Um, really, it's just like straight and then like a plethora of non-straight. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think. <laughs> For me, <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like, it's that's, like, the best, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it's a for, huge umbrella. For those who yeah. don't like, necessarily identify as queer. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I use the word queer. Queer has its own history and mm-hmm. connotations and things like that. I use the word queer as my umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I think this poem, I like the way it acknowledges a moment that I think is super common with women. Um... I personally hold the belief that women bond to each other in a different way. Honestly, men probably would too if they would just like re-fucking-lax. <laughs> um, <laughs> they would probably be as fluid as we tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we bond to each other in a different way. And we even platonically have the capability of seeing one another's sensuality, seeing one another's beauty and and acknowledging and exonerating that. And I think this moment occurs with women because of that, because of the way women exist and because of the way femininity um, allows for that, Mm -hmm. that rebirth over and over again. This moment, you right here, any other person may not trigger that but this moment and you right here you unveil that part of me mm-hmm. and having it be just that beautiful just for that but still having its limitations mm-hmm. like yeah i remember your past too and this i forgot you yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like you know what i mean so i think that's what i like about this because i think there's a connotation with um drinking and experimentation Mm -hmm. and it's not like anything's wrong i think people's problem is misrepresentation yeah Mm -hmm. when we're all drinking and if you got a fully out 
woman you're approaching and you are not fully out and you know this, if she seems confused or doesn't seem to understand where you stand, that's when it becomes unfair. But if everyone is aware mm -hmm. and open and we know, you know, you just don't have your inhibitions right now. Okay, I would like to try. Or, okay, I'm okay with this touch. I'm okay with this movement. I'm okay with, you know, this breath on the nape of my neck. <laughs> like, whatever it may be. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with drink opening up gateways for things. I think it has a negative connotation. Well, this particular moment... I mean, I'm not going to go into detail about what it's about. <laughs> you ain't got but, to spill the tea. <laughs> but it's not necessarily like drunken, drunken, you know, drunkenness caused the drunken Okay, moment. yeah, like, right. Yeah. There's a story before this, which this is the part where you see the most of its reality, I felt like. Gotcha. Um, I felt that. Yeah, I felt yeah. That. It, it doesn't feel, feel like alcohol It didn't alcohol feel like it was it. fueled by alcohol. No, But it, it felt doesn't. like in this moment when everything is as it is you right. had that clarity yeah like in all yeah. of those spheres yeah. yeah i think i get that too alcohol didn't fuel it but it's it was part it's of it, illustrating yes. yeah, all the, yeah we're sweating because we're drinking we're dancing because we're drinking okay yeah, like there's yeah. certain things yeah but it doesn't feel like it was fueled it feels like yeah. this person is aware super okay. aware of this interaction mm -hmm. and what it means to both yeah. of them so i don't know i, I just think it's it. cool like what what other people think of it sometimes but right. um, <laughs> yeah okay cool yeah um let's see we got either what dragon lady or is which one did you next? did you want me to go ahead and do dragon lady okay let's get fiery <laughs> <laughs> um dragon lady i heard she got lungs built like honeycombs built out of rubble Legs like Chicago streetlights, she stepped into darkness with comfort. She builds homes in the slums of he say, she say, I heard. Someone called her a dragon once. Men gape at her like scales sit on her back. Women gape at her like she is a creature who used to save and nowadays can only settle for being a caged monster confined to the fears of others. In the beginning, colored girls pose no threat and only in secret can be kissed carried from whisper to whisper the gossip left us sticky with curiosity with the mess all over our mouths and hands but we point and talk about her a sideshow bearded dragon lady what clowns our chatter made us into what an enigma our chatter made her into i heard someone called her a dragon once her confidence left bones in amber she could bend the amber of gossip and thoughts of the world to ashes dance on them she was a ritual people found scary how someone could be so untamable free in love with herself but they didn't know that she knew no lover amount of money amount of sex amount of liquor made her dance like the he say she say slum it is an everyday job to remember she is blameless soft esoteric Battalions of misogyny, capitalism, colorism, sexism come dressed, full body armored, such small minds to think they can tame her. A dragon, a mother, a guardian, a welcomer of fear, a truster of her own intuition, corded with gold and wonder, I heard they talked about her nonstop. Couldn't even if they tried. She is everything she had ever needed and always has been. How they wondered. How fascinating they wondered. A woman, curved, 
brown and admired and warrior, how can she be vulnerable and exposed and unafraid? They couldn't do anything but see her despite their tries to revoke her right to be here. I see you, I recognize you. <laughs> I get so hype on that one. Wow. It makes me feel so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell us. Tell um, us. so this this poem was written um in the gossip section because I just feel like gossip is so interesting what you hear, what people think about people, and it's not true. Um, but somehow that building of whatever people are saying about you you kind of just like dance around it and mm -hmm. make something else of, of your own and so when I originally wrote this I was thinking of of uh, my mother um, because she is to me this very mystical and spirited and fiery and passionate woman and it can be scary you know and then at times it can be very like exciting and so, if you, if you haven't caught on, she's obviously an Aries. Um, of course, <laughs> right. Mine too. Mine too. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I love her very much. And I, and I take this um, as one of the lessons that she taught me in terms of what it means to be a, a woman and how you see yourself and how people see you. And um, that could be men and people around you. Um, and I just love the way how she moved through all of that um, and still is just like blossoming even mm -hmm. in her 50s. Mm -hmm. And I just really wanted her and many other women who felt like that, who are mothers, who are um, these women who are constantly battling things that try to tell them who they should be or maybe they lost something or, you know, not necessarily thinking that when something is changing in you or something dies in you that that means that something else is about to be born as we talked about rebirth mm -hmm. um and so that's why i was that's why this piece was written um just to kind of show that there's nothing wrong with being that that woman mm -hmm. who is like built out of the rubble in the mm -hmm. in the slums of what people say and think about you when you're making up your own path by yourself you know yeah um and it's hard to feel seen like that so I just wanted yeah I just wanted that to happen mm-hmm Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> that was huge. I mean, hugely powerful. I'm, yeah. I'm stumped again. It, it, it articulated so many things. And I mean, my mom is a single parent. It was always a thing. When, you know, talking about the fact we were kicked out of our church because my mother committed the sin of divorce mm. in the Bible Bell. And so, like, there were even, like, things like that. Her trying to make way with her two kids and mm. things like that. No, that was... That was so powerful. I I, I don't have words like <laughs> and, and you well, guys already you've already covered it. It you you could you could tell she's been through it. She's mm -hmm. seen it and she chooses to triumph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she chooses it. It almost you say dragon lady and I I really like that imagery too because like how mystical and powerful is a dragon. Mm -hmm. But it also felt a lot like the phoenix too, like the inevitability yeah. that you'll have to burn out a little bit to shine even brighter. Mm -hmm. And and if you continue to commit to that cycle, 
you'll continue to flourish into your yeah. 50s, into your 60s, mm-hmm. and not have to apologize yeah. for for choosing your journey, your path to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was powerful. That was phenomenal. I, I get high every time yeah. I read that. <laughs> it's like, um, I like the dragon imagery as well. One, because it's super easy to paint the dragon as the bad guy but in any like almost any story like by the time you get to the end of it like the dragon is always protecting something precious Mm -hmm. and all the fire and all the all the rubble and all the destruction there's always something precious being protected and for some people that thing that's precious is simply their own vulnerability Mm -hmm. or or they're young or their dreams mm-hmm. or you know what I mean and yeah. and I think some it's really hard for people to wrap their mind around a dragon feminine mm-hmm. yeah. a yang feminine something that burns mm-hmm. but I mean what do we say all the time in the ashes okay <laughs> they shall rise all right <laughs> like, sometimes there's there's a dragon woman knocking things down burning things down constructs walls boundaries and then in her wake what is what comes behind her in that wake mm-hmm. new blooms new paths new brand new gems to be found in the rebel yeah. like you know what i mean like and <laughs> i couldn't figure out why it resonated with me so much because i there's nothing to indicate from people's feedback that they put me here but i was like it was hitting me so fucking hard then you said it was about your mother mm-hmm. and i was like your god mother. damn it that's what it is that's what it is because that's how my mother is mm-hmm. not only is she an aries as well but she's very much like i'm breathing fire i'm talking to managers i'm knocking down doors i'm doing this but she's always there's always this like she has such a soft little core on the inside mm-hmm and everyone doesn't get to see that because everyone yeah. doesn't get past the fire. Yeah. Um, it dazzles them and mm-hmm. draws them close. But as soon as they get burned, <laughs> they have a different perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Once you've encountered her in a different way, oh, now you have a different perspective. Yeah. But me, being the person who knows what that precious tenderness is that she's protecting, um, not only does it make it easier to withstand the fire, because there mm-hmm. is fire for me too. Okay, <laughs> a bitch done got burned. Right? I love her to death, but I still get burned as well. But like, it's it's so fucking crazy because I couldn't figure out why that was resonating with me so much. And it's about your mother, and that's exactly how I see my mother: laughing in the face of danger, laughing in the face of what people are thinking. Okay, fine. <laughs> if you see yeah, me that way, great. Like I will blaze the trail on your words because you're still looking at me. You're still talking about mm-hmm. me, and you still want to know what the fuck I got going on. Yeah. And that's how she exists. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there you go. <laughs> I think this poem is a beautiful depiction of like that that fiery, outright birthing energy of just explosion, creation, destruction. Without apology. Without apology. Mm-hmm. Like, and we we reserve that for deities. We reserve. Destruction without apology for deities. Mm. In Hinduism, Kali. Well, Kali just does that, you know? She comes in, she takes the heads, it's what she does. It's a sense of duty that she has. But that's not reserved just for 
deities that we look at it's for the deity within ourselves Mm -hmm. like you don't have to apologize for existing the way you exist you don't have to apologize for um breaking down barriers and and making people uncomfortable or like any of that take up your fucking spaces like take up your space that's definitely what i get out of that poem and i just love it so much it just makes me so happy every time i find myself like swaying when i hear it and I'm like, like i'm like mm, yes walk can i hold the train oh, of your mouth like, so <laughs> um i think i think we have thoroughly covered a lot of different perspectives of femininity um i don't want to like talk their ear off because you know i'm still i'm trying to build my audience and we just <laughs> apparently you can't just go on and on and on and on and spend for people to listen <laughs> what <laughs> um so anything else um we will reserve for another episode i'm gonna give you one little closer um but thank you so much for being here to listen to the words that chantelle has birthed chantelle thank you for sharing the words thank you you for sharing your thoughts and where they came from thank you for being open because me and bethany are used to being splayed open for the world to read (laughs) And, and you don't necessarily function that way. So I'm super grateful that you felt comfortable enough at least to write it out and like share with us. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a closer, but thanks for listening so far. All right, and as we close in the spirit of the divine feminine and the connection of spirituality and sensuality, we brought pussy poems. Okay, <laughs> so in in the spirit of big clit energy, um, I have a poem to share, and Chantel has a poem to share, and we're not even gonna talk about them. We're gonna drop them, and then it's up to you. <laughs> so um, I will have Chantel go first, Chantel your title and everything um my poem is called ode to the unpraised deity of orgies yes my plashed cervix is a cigarette break the smoke swollen in loiters from a cage smoke me touch me like i am a hyacinth i am pollen you are the bee gape at the thunder that rests on my back i am irresistible No cage can horcrux a spirit yearning the unbuckling of their legs. Do not be afraid. You are not on trial here. Enjoy the cluster of nipples. Let the wine from your mouth enjoy the slick tongues. And kiss me down here. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Untitled. Woman up and tell them to suck your clit. When clamming up in the presence of a dick, who needs those for else but soothing some societal fixation that oral fixation can be sated with a plump and shining mound, round and proud, seems innocent and still but the source of many a sound judgment turned to mush that matches the gush dripping fixin' to smack my lips and throw down It's a tasty morsel, sacred even, 
But put it not on a pedestal, lest ye forget its living, breathing power to wake in this world and get woman enough to tell him to suck my clit. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Okara Imani. This is Chantel Massey. And we are just happy to be here. <laughs>